I'm Jack Kennedy. And they hit a lot harder in my opinion too. What is up everybody? My name is Caelan McNamara and everyone's got a plan until they get hit with my views. I am Hunter Boss. He just wanted to go to the distance by the looks of it. He couldn't even do that. And this is the MMA Island Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kayla McNamara and Hunter Boss. So we have a great podcast on hand today. Lots to get into. Let's start with the news. And today uh, is that Aljamain Sterling actually had to pull out of his fight against Piotr Jan. This actually broke a little bit ago. You know what's going on. But Corey Sanhagen is going to be stepping in to face Piotr Jan at UFC 267. And it is for the interim belt. Starting with Hunter, what are your thoughts on this? I love it. You know, I thought this fight would happen one day or another, and it's just happening now. So um, I don't hate that Corey Sanhagen's coming off a loss. I mean, it was a close loss. It was a split decision loss. It is to TJ Dillashaw, who obviously, I guess, needs more time in order to prepare for this title yeah. fight. So I'm really happy it got announced, and I, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, they're two different types of strikers, you know. They're both strikers, don't get me wrong, but one's a little more flat-footed and contains more power and has more, you know, technique when it comes to his boxing technique. While if we look at Corey Sandhagen, he's a little bit more free flow. He just kind of goes with the, whatever he sees, but he still has really precise footwork, which I really like to see. So this, this will be a battle on the feet, and it's going to be a scrap, to say the, le- say the least. Yeah, um, I absolutely love that this fight's happening. Um you know, Bantamweight's in a really weird position right now where generally, and you guys will obviously know what I'm talking about as well as everybody else watching, generally when we have an interim title, there's more controversy and less legitimacy about it than the person who holds the main title. Yet now we're in a position where this interim fight almost holds more legitimacy and meaning than the guy who holds the actual yeah. main title. Now, I'm not saying Aljamain Sterling's the illegitimate champion. In fact, I actually think that he is for reasons we talked about quite a long time ago. But this fight is a fight that I'm really, really happy to see. I'm not going to lie to you. You guys know the highest of regard that I hold Corey Sanhagen in. I think he's a future champion, and I think he's stepping up to the home plate now and fighting Peter Jan. Um, the fight itself is going to be absolutely fireworks. Um Corey Sanhagen's going to have a huge physical advantage over Peter Jan in terms of size and actual stature in the octagon. And so I'm really intrigued to see how he utilizes that on the night. Obviously, we'll be breaking this down a lot more the closer we get to the fight. But in terms of initial thoughts, I'm really, really happy that this is happening. You know, I still maintain with perfect reasoning, in my opinion, that Sanhagen did win the Dillashaw fight, but that's neither here nor there. That's a conversation from yesterday. I think this is an amazing fight, and I think this is going to be the toughest challenge Purian has faced up to date. So this is just an absolute banger, no matter what way you look at it. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you guys. I mean, what uh, for the fights that Purian has fought in, Who's been his toughest challenge? It wasn't Aljamain Sterling, the guy that did officially beat him. So we're still looking, which what's wild about this is we're still looking for the guy to first challenge Piotr Jan, which we have not even found yet. And I agree with you. I think Corey Sanhagen is that guy. Um, now, I'm not making a prediction. I don't think any of us are making a prediction because we it's way too early right now. We don't know what's going on. 
Um, but I think this will be a very intense and close fight. And I do feel like in my eyes for a while, I felt like, you know, Holloway was the champ at 145, even though he wasn't the champ at 145 because of results. And we've talked about that. I almost feel like that's where I'm at with this fight. I feel like this fight is for the unofficial best at 135. I won't say champ because like you said, Sterling is the champ, but the actual best at 135, I think this fight will determine. Um, And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, It's going to be really good. I'm again, at first you were like, okay, why uh, Sanhagen over TJ Dillashaw? Then you find out, okay, Dillashaw's injured, still recovering. He can't do it. And you don't want to postpone it. Uh, Peter Yon wants to do it. I'm all for this. I mean, that fight was seriously a coin flip. That was on, on verdict MMA. That's the closest fight of all time. Um, and for me watching it, it's seriously a coin flip. I gave it to TJ just because a little bit more octagon control in the fifth round is why I gave it to TJ Dillashaw. That just shows you both guys are absolutely willing for a title shot. And Corey Sanhagen up to this point, I mean, he proved it before that too. So I am not against this at all. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be fireworks. And uh, it's safe to say it is going to be one of the best title fights that we'll see on not only on UFC 267, but on the second half of the year. Lots of good fights coming up. And let's get, or do you want to do a, say something else? Uh, how about this? You guys are not going to make a prediction, but I'll make a prediction. Okay. Okay. This is how highly I rank Peter Yan here. I think Peter Yan is the best boxer in the UFC currently. Wow. Okay. I'm going to rank Peter Yan. He's not only going to win this fight, he's going to win this fight by stoppage come maybe round three. I love it. All right. Bold okay, prediction. now you've drawn out my prediction, and I'm oh. going against that. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm not having this. I'm not having the disrespect on Sam Hagen's name right now. I think what Sam Hagen's going to do in this fight, there's only one mistake that Sam Hagen made against TJ Dillashaw. The rest of this fight was perfect. I think we'll all agree. The one area that Sam Hagen messed up was in backing up and letting TJ get him against the cage. He's not going to do that against Peter Yan. Sam Hagen's going to be measured and composed. And like Frank, like the Frankie Edgar fight, he's going to blast out of the stance and try and knock Peter Yan on his ass out of nowhere. And we know he's capable of doing that, especially being as tall as he is and how reachy he is as well. He's actually taking less risk and blasting out of his stance because he has less space to cover. Whereas Peter Yan, for Peter Yan to finish Corey Sanhagen, he has more open ground to cover because he won't make up the distance as quickly as Sanhagen will. So, I mean, I respect the I respect the prediction a lot, Hunter, but I think it's extremely bold, especially at this stage. I'm going to give a very, very tacit early prediction. I think Corey Sanhagen's going to be the first guy to really crack and hurt Peter Jan. And I'm going to say a fifth round stoppage for Corey Sanhagen. Dang, it's getting intense in here. How did I know Keelan was going to support Sanhagen anytime he fights? I mean, that's just what's up. He's I'll on die on this hill. I don't care. I mean, he's on your fantasy team. He will too. I got to say, I got to back. Look. I, I'm a hypocrite. I just said I wasn't making a prediction. You guys forced me to make a prediction here, right? I got to do Hunter it. brought the site in all of us. Yeah, I, look, <laughs> hey, I love it. Let's do it, right? So you're back in your fantasy guy. I'm all on the Peter Yan train. Not that I absolutely don't love Corey Sanhagen because I do, and I think he is a future champ at 135. And honestly, if you match Peter Yan and Corey Sanhagen up 10 times, maybe I give Peter Yan the win six out of the 10 times and uh, Sanhagen four out of the 10 times. That's where I'm at on this fight. Um, it really could go either way. Um, but I said this after the Aljamain Sterling fight, and I have to stick to my word. 
until I see someone challenge Piotr Jan, I will not bet against him. And that's where I'm at. Not too much reasoning other than every time someone tries to hit him, no matter who they are, he's able to absorb it. And now granted, he has never faced someone like Corey Sanhagen. That is very true. The flying knee could catch him. But until I see him actually get hurt off of a punch or a strike like that and not be able to push his gas tank through all five rounds, I think that's the biggest X factor. Pyotr will not stop going. He will absorb your best strikes and pour it on you. And on the ground, I actually give Pyotr Jan a big advantage over Corey Sandhagen um, as far as wrestling and everything goes. So if he is getting lit up on the feet, he might be able to take him down and control him on the ground. So, um, yeah, I like, I like Pyotr Jan in this fight. But, hey, I mean, look, early predictions. UFC 267 is a while away. But, hey, this is a great fight, and we're all split up. This is going to get just – this is the first time talking about it. We're going to get very heated as it goes on. I, I already know it. Uh, I know Keelan's already masterminding different ways that Corey Sanhagen's going to win. So we'll get to that very soon. Um, as for now, next is you already. You already <laughs> you, See the snide looks I get here for the coming <laughs> Corey Hey, look, no, I, I, it's not a bad pick. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. We have lots of more Corey Sanhagen Pilgrim content coming very soon. Don't worry, people. Lots more of uh, debate. So. It's time for the best of the best. And this is an odd one, but let's get into a new Hall of Fame inductee, John Jones, who mere hours later after being inducted to the Hall of Fame, gets into a domestic violence charge, breaking in or headbutting a police car. He's arrested again. It happened again. Add that to the notable list of John Jones incidents. Um, Should the question is, all right, everybody's been talking about this. Our question is, and what this makes this a fascinating topic, is should John Jones be in the UFC Hall of Fame? Hunter, what do you think? I'm going to be the bad guy in this one. I'm going to say, yes, John Jones should be in the UFC Hall of Fame for a few different reasons. I mean, the UFC Hall of Fame isn't just highlighting what who you are as a person. They're highlighting your UFC career. You know, And you take a look at John Jones's UFC career. He has one of the best, if not the best careers. I mean, 11 title defenses and one of the most – difficult weight divisions and we don't think it's one of the most difficult weight divisions now but that's because john jones cleaned out that weight division 100 you're on your yep. past so the reason why john jones should be in the in the ufc hall of fame is because his pure skill and his record alone i'm not saying to take into account how good of a person he is and if he goes on to church on the sundays no he was one of the best ufc fighters and he still is one of the best ufc fighters so that's why he should be in the ufc hall of fame yeah, um, look, this is an incredibly, you know, this is a two sides of the coin argument. This is split right down the middle. You can be the good guy, you can be the bad guy, you can be the gray guy and all of this. Um, I'll approach this from the gray guy perspective. You know, I'm not actually going to say Hunter's the bad guy because I think he makes an extremely fair argument, actually. Even though he's made his little remarks by Corey Sanhagen, I see. Thank, thank you, Keelan. I mean, we're past a lot. That. We're saying past I'm not that. the bad guy. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, it's a fair argument. I mean, at the end of the day, combat sports, combat sports, and fighters are there to fight. And when it comes to solely the question of fighting, there are very few of any that have ever been better than John Jones, and very few that will ever be better again. I mean, for those of a certain age who can remember John Jones at the beginning, you know, most of his opponents, seasoned veterans, mind, were broken and defeated before the fight even begun. You know, I think about the Leota Machida guillotine. I think about the Shogun fight. 
Vitor Balfour nearly broke his arm with an arm bar. He still beat him. Yeah. The Gustafsson fight for which he was inducted, probably still the greatest 205 fight there's ever been. I mean, if we're talking about this strictly from a combat sports perspective, then there is no question to answer. He should be a Hall of Famer. The problem is, and where this becomes very nuanced, is mixed martial artists are meant to be an example to people. Right or wrong, that's what they are. Mixed martial arts is about as much being a role model as it is being a fighter. And if we're approaching it solely from that perspective, then there's no question to answer. But on the other side, no, he shouldn't. And the problem is, you know, he has as many police arrests, you know, as most people have title defenses. If anything, he's coming up on his own title defense record and DUI charges and things that I will not even get into for legal reasons, funny enough. But the problem is with John Jones is that he's making himself look worse and worse every time this happens. I mean, to be honest with you, with and again, this is solely my opinion. I'm not endorsing anything or anybody else. I think with the first couple of arrests, not uh, the pregnant hit and run one, I'm not including that in this. I think the you know drug charges and the initial hit and run, uh, I think it was his Bentley into a light post in Albuquerque or something a few years ago. I can almost forgive that in a weird way because he was so young and he became so famous so quickly. I get that. If, he, yeah. if he'd have gotten help early on and he'd gotten a good team around him, we wouldn't be having this discussion. There wouldn't be anything to answer. The problem is he's been through the fire so many times and been given so many chances that there just isn't an excuse anymore. I mean, Jesus, John Jones, you're nearly 30, if not over 30. You're a grown-ass man now. There's no excuse for this behavior anymore. And I mean, look, like I said, I'm not going to read out the list of charges that he's had thrown at him because God knows he's had nearly all of them. But it's, it's a question I can't really answer, even though I really wish I could, because the the solely fight fan side of me is saying, yes, I'm on Hunter's side. He's a Hall of Fame inductee and there's no questions asked. But the human being side of me is questioning that. And I think it's a side that we all have to give credence to because it's as big a part as the fight part too. If John Jones had gotten help early on, I'd be entirely on his side and I'd die on that hill and I'd defend him until the end. But I just don't know how much more I can defend him. I mean, I... I got off the Conor McGregor train for very similar things to this. And if I'm going to apply that standard to him and being a role model, why would I not apply it to John Jones too? So look, Jack, I'm actually really interested to hear your take on this. Uh, so I'm going to shut up for the moment. And that's my opinion so far. Yeah, I like it a lot. And you guys make both very good points. Let me start with this. Also, I just searched it up. He's 34. So he is, and it's not only the age, it's he's been at the top for a very long time now. Since Pretty much all his career. Since basically 2011, he's been at the top. So I, the excuses thing, you're absolutely right. Look, everyone makes mistakes, all right? That happens. And if you're at the top and, and you're doing something like that, it's almost it's almost like being a, uh, a, a child star in like a movie at first. Like you reached fame way too quickly. And you, you couldn't handle it or, you know, you didn't have the right people around you, like you said, to, to handle it. Um, John Jones is, you know, kind of similar to that analogy, like most, wasn't able to ever self-correct himself through that. Now, he would always say that he's doing this. He's always saying even in the, in the one after this, he's like, OK, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, he's, he's benching. He's like, okay, I'm going to be a better person. I'm, I'm changing everything. But where's the evidence of that? Every single year, there's a new John Jones incident. This happened. And it wasn't like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. And it's like, oh, it happened again. Another John Jones incident. Not even six hours after being inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame. Dana White's not even surprised anymore. Now, that being said, all of that being said, all right, let, let's start with this. Let's break this down first. Should he be inducted for the Gustafson fight? Should he be inducted for the UFC Hall of Fame for a fight? The absolute, yeah, absolutely, yes. Um, it's about the fight, and, and, and yes, the fighter's within it, and that should absolutely be there. Um, I think when you get into the conversations, when you're talking about him as a person, like him, like GSP getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, that's where it gets tricky. I still stand on, I am, I'm on the Hunter standpoint of I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because of just the the legacy that he will leave in the UFC. Just like I think, no doubt about it, Connor should be in the UFC Hall of Fame whenever it's all said and done because those guys were instrumental to this sport being what it is today. Um, and John Jones is, for a lot of people, in the conversation for the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. That has to warrant, I think, a Hall of Fame. Now, that being said, I'm, I'm, Keelan, what you said about the gray area, that's where I, I, I have that feeling too, because in all other sports, that is something that is kind of weighed into, you know, the equation when you're being inducted into the Hall of Fame, because it is a role model thing. It is, but it's also more than a role model thing. It's the look for the company. Do you want the company to look, this is our, this is one of our greatest fighters of all time. We're inducting him into the Hall of Fame. Just ignore everything that's happened before and everything that will happen in the future. I think that's where the conversation gets in a little bit, but when you're talking about the hall of fame and especially the UFC hall of fame, um, I just, it, it's just such a, it'd be harder to leave him out. I think than to put him in because the hall of fame, the big, the big question to get into the hall of fame, what's the question to get in the hall of fame. Can you write the sport of MMA without your name? And you can't write the sport of MMA without John Jones name. And that's at the end of the day, why I do think he should be in the hall of fame when it's all said and done. Um, now, that being said, I think that it's it's should have been done way before this, and w- after like maybe the first or second incident. But now we're on incident number eight or or seven or eight. I think there needs to be se- six. Okay, uh, we're, we're seven's coming. All right, it's, it's it's on this way. But I'm just saying, there needs to be some sort of um, punishment that the UFC actually puts on John Jones for this incident. Um, will that happen? I highly doubt it. He's probably going to be fighting for the UFC heavyweight title next year is my guess, but there needs to be something. Uh, I, I wish, I mean, if he was the champion, strip him of the belt again, but then they give him another shot. It's just such a tricky situation, but overall to, to, to hit the shallow point, should be, should he be in the hall of fame? The answer is yes, because you can't write the sport, especially the light heavyweight division without John Jones. That's where I stand on. Good. Great point. You know, uh, I try to take emotions out of these type of things, especially when we're just debating who should be in the Hall of Fame, not whether or not he deserves it or if he's a role model or whatnot. He definitely is not a role model. I mean, if they were to punish John Jones, then they're going to need to punish Conor McGregor too. And they're not going to punish Conor McGregor. they should have done. I agree. Don't get me wrong. They should. But the UFC is a company before they are a sport. You know, They want as much revenue as possible. Of course, John Jones isn't giving them the revenue, but – to punish him even more, it's it's not like you're not going to make a profit out off of John Jones. So if they were going to profit or if they were going to punish John Jones, 
then they should ban him. Honestly, they really should ban him. Say you're done with the sport. I mean, they're causing him. He's causing enough trouble for them as it is. So when you go out and do something like this, your punishment is being banned or you don't get a punishment at all. So for right now, I say there's no punishment. Keep him in the Hall of Fame. Do what you must with him, but he's not fighting in Vegas anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, look, look, guys, I actually really love the points you've both made. I genuinely do. And this is why I actually love these debates, because your points make me think of this from a totally different perspective. And I hope mine do for you as well. Oh, yeah. And I got this one phrase Jack just said that I really love. And it's, can you write the sport without him or the legacy of the sport without him? And when you phrase it like that, there's no question that you can't because the 205 division is, they should, I mean, if John Jones hadn't gone through the various list of nefarious crimes that he's gone through, you could rename that division the John Jones division because he ran through like no one ever has before. But again, this is where... This is where perhaps I'm letting morality in too much, maybe, because at the end of the day, it is the fight business. If George St. Pierre had had six arrests, would we still have him in there? If Anderson Silva had had six arrests, would we still be talking about him in the same way? And, you know, it's possible we might be, but we have to apply a threshold at the same time. And the thing is, you know, what I'm concerned about with John Jones is, you know, I love him as a fighter. I probably always will love him as a fighter. I grew up with him on his rise. You know, John Jones is one of my biggest starts into the sport at the very beginning. But if we're not willing to draw the line somewhere, then where are we willing to draw it? What does this guy have to do to get banned? Does he have to kill someone? Does he have to kill a family in a car crash? I mean, where, where does this end? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, look, I have no problem with controversy. Back in the day in WCW Pro Wrestling Reference, Eric Bischoff once said controversy creates cash, and there's never been a truer statement. But we've got to blur the we've got to stop blurring the line at some point. And it's like Conor McGregor, you know, what Conor McGregor's done for the sport will never be had again. That stratospheric rise. But if you're gonna allow throwing a dolly at a bus and injuring people, if you're gonna allow him smashing fans' phones and hitting old men at bars then you're just not willing to do anything and you're willing to give these guys a free reign to do what they want. And again, this is just my approach to this. As a fighter, there isn't any question, but as a human being, I mean, we have to allow that to come in here somewhere. I'm not saying that we have to be Mother Teresa when it it comes to the fight game because the fight game is the complete antithesis of that. But at some point, a line has to be drawn I mean, even in, like, to give the people some references, you know, the guys like Pete Rose and Shayless Joe Jackson in baseball, you can't write the history of that sport without them. They still aren't getting into the Hall of Fame. Various other sports stars are banned for various things, even though you can't write the sport without them. I think in time, perhaps in the next 10, 20 years or so, people like Conor McGregor and people like John Jones are going to be revisited as case studies. And people are going to assess where the hype should have been stopped and where power should have been taken off of them because they were never capable of handling the power for themselves. As a fighter, there isn't any question John Jones is a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer fighter. But if you include the role model part in that, I'm just not convinced. I'm just not. 
Yeah, no, hey, Keelan, you made some phenomenal points there. And I would use those points. I agree with everything you said. I agree with everything you said. And the only reason I'm saying, like Hunter and I are agreeing on him being in the Hall of Fame, but in different ways. Almost. And that, that's kind of where I'm at. He should be in the Hall of Fame just because he was, you know, like what I said earlier, because of like, you can't write the sport without him. But if we're talking about should he be banned? Look, I'm in favor of that. And this might be a hot take. All right. But I, can, I will say this right now. I am absolutely in favor of that. I would have been in favor, you know, past two times, to be honest. Um, and it's because of everything that you just laid out right there. Does this guy that's doing all this stuff time after time after time deserve to be fighting for the heavyweight gold his, his very next fight? The answer should be absolutely no. And hey, same standard applies. We're talking about Connor. Should he be, if, if we're talking right after the dolly and, and right after punching the old man in the bar, should he be allowed to fight again? Absolutely not. But will they fight again? The answer is absolutely yes, because of what Hunter said earlier. That's where the money is. The money flows. And John Jones, he might not have had the highest uh, rated pay-per-views as of late, but whenever he fights next for that heavyweight strap, that will be up there for a very big pay-per-view, very big payday. And no matter what, even all this controversy, how much trouble it does cost for the UFC, it draws more eyes. And, and Daniel White is all about that, so they won't be gone. If we're talking from a pure sporting standpoint, morality standpoint, I'm with you 100% and all your points make perfect sense. And I would fight anyone that disagrees with those points because I agree with you so much. And I love what you said. Um, and I do think he should be banned, um, especially now. I think he should be banned, but it won't happen. And, um, and I have to say he should be in the Hall of Fame. So that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So, all right, guys. On from that topic, all right, we have some great fights also in the light heavyweight division. Um, let's get into our pick of the night and this main event is between tiago santos and johnny walker hunter what's your prediction tiago santos i i mean uh, i think johnny walker is a very entertaining fighter and he's very talented he's and he's he's really what you truly call an athlete when it comes to any sport he is an athlete but i have to go with tiago santos on this one i think tiago santos he's gonna find that perfect opportunity and it's just gonna come once it's gonna come multiple times in this fight when Johnny Walker fights, I feel like he leaves himself open for counter punches quite easily. And Tiago Santos, he has some of the heaviest hands in that division. So if you get counter punched by Tiago Santos, all it's going to take is one punch. And we've seen Johnny Walker, he's susceptible to those punches. You know, he's no he's no stranger to getting knocked out or getting finished or even just getting hurt in general. And Tiago Santos has such a good finishing ability. I think Tiago Santos will be able to beat Johnny Walker come round four. Everybody thinks everybody's probably going to think I'm just being deliberately combative here, but I'm going for Johnny Walker. Okay. Okay. I'm going for Johnny Walker for the one reason Hunter hasn't mentioned his legs or lack thereof. His movement is not the same. He's lost a yard or two of pace. You know, whenever we talked about the um, Alexander Rakic fight, I'm not shitting on him this time. I solely bring him in because it is actually appropriate. <laughs> What's the one thing people noticed about Thiago Santos after the oblique kicks from the Jones fight, which he took a year to recover from? Thiago Santos can't move the same way he did before. His explosive power that Hunter's outlined, and he's absolutely correct too, 
was only really effective as long as he had the speed to actually bring that to his opponent. He doesn't have that speed anymore. He cannot move as quickly as he used to. And Rakic showed that, you know, even though it was one of the most boring fights I've ever seen, Thiago Santos did not have the speed to actually go to Alexander Rakic. And when you have an athlete like Johnny Walker who can throw anything from anywhere, that spells recipe for disaster for someone like Thiago Santos. You know, I see this fight as just Thiago Santos being completely dead in the water, especially if his legs were targeted early on by Johnny Walker too. We've seen the work he's been doing in SPG, funny enough, uh, here in Ireland. You know, he looks motivated, he looks ready, he looks fresh, and he looks renewed both physically and psychologically. I think if Johnny Walker gets a good first round, I think he could finish Thiago Santos, and I think he could finish him in the third or the fourth round. You know, if this was pre-John Jones, Thiago Santos, I'd have Santos all day and every day because he would, he'd have that extra yard or two of explosive kinetic energy to bring the fight to Johnny Walker. The problem is he just doesn't have it anymore. And Johnny Walker moves really fast as well. I actually agree with Hunter's point, and I do have to give him credit on this. Johnny Walker criminally leaves himself open. He does not keep his hands up. I am not disputing that at all. But what Johnny Walker also has is the speed to take the back step and get out of the way and then launch the counter strike. And I can actually see the fight finishing in that way. So for me personally, just my opinion, I have Johnny Walker winning. Ooh, lots of debate today. All right. So let me start by saying this. I love what both of you guys said in both of your arguments. For me, Johnny Walker is the stupid pick here. All right. However, That's you're going with them. however, I'm picking Johnny Walker. Yes, of course. That's what's going on here. All right. Look, the logical reasoning behind this is non-existent for, for me. Um, Tiago Santos should look Johnny Walker's fights. Literally, if, if you go on his fight record, it is either he knocks his opponent out or he gets knocked out cold. There's no in between. That's what happens in any Johnny Walker fight. He's got basically no chin, but he's got knockout power that could match anyone in the light heavyweight division and probably some heavyweights out there. So the thing is, I think this fight does not make it out of the first round. I think these guys, Johnny Walker is going to go in there doing his crazy stuff and they're just going to throw. And I think Johnny Walker lands first because Thiago Santos, since the knee injuries, has been just a little bit slow, a little bit more timid. Um, and then Johnny Walker might catch him and Thiago Santos won't have enough time to recover. And that's why I think Johnny, Johnny Walker gets it done. However, if we're looking at it from an actual standpoint, a stylistic technical standpoint, Johnny Walker, if he rushes in there and misses, one hook from Tiago Santos flatten them, flattens them. I firmly believe that. I don't think Tiago Santos really has to rely on his movement at all, which is why I'm not too worried about the legs or anything. I think he can stand still, let Johnny Walker run right into him and hit him with an uppercut or something and knock him out. I think that can happen. So I'm just betting on that Johnny Walker lands first, and that's why I think he wins. I think this main event is seriously um, 75% to uh, Tiago Santos, 25% to Johnny Walker. And for some reason, I got this gut feeling Johnny Walker gets it done, gets a big win. It's chaotic. It's the most Johnny Walker thing ever. And that's what I'm feeling. Though I feel outnumbered, I, I don't. You know, it's weird. Like, <laughs> I backed you, like, back you up, man. I backed you up. Yeah. We're the majority. Um, majority. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I agree with Jack for all the reasons he listed for Tiago Santos. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how else I can put it. I agree. You're welcome. That's exactly You're welcome. how I, I saw the fight, you know, coming out. I think Johnny Walker's going to rush in there. I don't think Tiago Santos needs to move too often. And I think Tiago Santos is going to catch him one out of the three or four occasions that it does happen. So I think that's going to happen. Uh, um, that's not my pick of the night, though. Uh, if we're talking about pick of the night for your uh, UFC card that's coming this Saturday night, I think your pick of the night has to go to Joe Selecki versus uh, Jared Flash Gordon. Okay. Uh, uh, for the prelims main event or the preliminaries, like, like uh, the main top prelim. of the card. Yeah. It's going to be a fantastic fight. I think Joe Selecki's ground game really good. Uh, I would just give it to Joe Selecki. Put your money on this one. I've been undefeated in these pick of the pick of the night so far. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know that. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um... To be fair, that is actually true. He is undefeated. Um, John Jones, everybody. <laughs> um, no, um, for the right reasons. For the right reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think what we can all agree on here is that the Johnny Walker Tiago Santos is going to be decided by who gets there first in the first collision, really. Yeah. I mean, look, I am not denying this at all. If Johnny Walker flies in almost Michael Venom Page esque and he misses. Tiago Santos will knock his head into the fourth row. That will happen, I can promise you. I'm just betting that what Johnny Walker throws is so unorthodox that somehow it catches him and it basically puts Tiago Santos out cold. And it's a really good point that Jack made because that is true about Johnny Walker. He either puts you to sleep or you put him into the shadow realm. He really is not a, he's not a dull fighter, let's put it that way. I just think that uniqueness is actually going to be the difference for Johnny Walker. I think he's going to apply it, and I think he's going to win. And by the way, people do back on just pick of the night as well because he's not defeated. I mean, statistics alone back him up. Never mind the reason; the stats back up what he's saying. So I'm sticking with Tiago, or I'm sticking with Johnny Walker in the main event, and I like Hunter's pick of the night as well. All right, yeah, hey, love the main event talk. All right, Hunter, I'm directly challenging you here. All right. Let's go. All right, pick it, pick the night battle, okay? I'm taking Alex Oliveira, underdog against Nico Price. Alex Oliveira to get the win. Now, I'm not too Why? hot on this. All right. I'm not too hot on this, all right? But I'm Why I'm taking it off. <laughs> you seen Nico Price. I'm not too hot on this, but listen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. I'm going wild with my picks this this Saturday. All right, I'm taking Johnny Walker by something, and I'm picking <laughs> Alex Oliveira to get it done against Nico Price, directly challenging Hunter. This is where it changes, people. This is the, where, where the momentum changes. Hunter, your hot streak is over. Alex Oliveira taking over. Pick of the night is coming to Team Jack over here. I'm just hey, telling you right now. My pick of the night, Alex Oliveira retires after this fight. Oh, no. No, that's cold. <laughs> That's cold. Okay, if you get that happen. right, I've never been against you. It's going to happen. Nico Price is the biggest name he's going to get for this future. The this only person who could take away Hunter's undefeated record was someone from the inside. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh this is madness. That's fantastic. Well, we got a lot riding on Saturday now off of this podcast. Lots to look forward to. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. This was a really fun podcast, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at MMA.Island. Check out our website, MMAIsland.net. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Great podcast, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone.